I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Double Elvis. Blood on the Tracks is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis. Brian Wilson was a musical genius and one of the greatest songwriters of all time. He caught melodies like they were waves. He bottled good vibrations like no one else. And he picked up bad vibrations, too. He broke down. He tripped hard. He didn't just hear music. He heard voices. He tried to lose those voices by making a teenage symphony to God called Smile. But somewhere along the way, Brian Wilson lost his mind instead. This is his story. Hello, everyone. Rhonda Mawson, back with you again, still going through all of Brian Wilson's archival tapes. This job is turning out to be bigger than I thought. There's hours and hours of studio tape that is just chatter. I mean, no music at all. I've tried to catalog these the best I can, but as you can imagine, it's hard to work out where they came from. There's one session where Brian and his father are arguing for ages. Once again, these aren't always an easy listen, so please do bear that in mind.
Dad, can you come out of the studio and back into the booth? What? I, I can't hear you through the glass. Would you come in here? Dad, please. We can't carry on like this. We would like to record under an atmosphere of calm. What? The mix is fine. Stop worrying about where to place the microphone. I can hear the mix just fine. I've got one good ear left, haven't I? I'm not going to do this now. This is a waste of time. You're not being very kind. Okay. You can behave like a child if you want. Just come in here. We're running out of time. Whatever you want, I'll do. Just please stop. Please. There's almost an hour of this. It gets pretty angry and pretty full on. There's a lot of tension, a lot of arguing, and a lot of blood on the tracks. Chapter 5. Brian Wilson is a son. Good morning. You're tuned into 105.4 BRIANFM. We're going all the way back today, all the way back in time. We're revisiting some big hits from yesteryear. It's time to rewind back to the glorious 1950s. Planes. You know, every time I see a plane, it reminds me of that house, that, that moment. It reminds me of the piano, the thud, the ringing in my ears. I can feel it all again, the dull ache, the way it spread across my face silence that followed. I'm rambling, sorry. I guess we should get to the thing that we've been dancing around for a while. My old man. My dad, Murray Wilson. It's funny. I try not to think about it too much, but then it comes back. Like the other day, I found something. A paper I wrote in high school, a philosophy paper. As soon as I saw it, it all came flooding back. One sentence stood out the most when I read it. I wrote, I think the type of character a person develops comes largely with the background of family living. Boy, I was right. A lot of good came from my family. My dad loved music, but he wasn't in the music industry, so he pushed me and my brothers to become one of the biggest groups in the world. Dad, please. That wouldn't have happened without him, seriously. But he also caused the band's downfall before it even began. Hell, he even caused my downfall before I even began. In some ways, I was very afraid of him. In other ways, I loved him because he knew where it was at. He had that competitive spirit, which really blew my mind. The day I wrote that paper, I was at home in our house in Hawthorne. We lived right under the flight path of LA International. It was only a few miles away, but it felt like it was in a different world. I used to watch the planes from my window and 
wish I could get on one, you know? Just get away to be anywhere. London, Hawaii, Tokyo. I was watching a gateway to the world that I could never use. As I was working on that paper, I kept gazing up to the sky and watching the planes. I stared at one as it scribbled a white line on the massive blue. But as soon as I heard our front door open, my head went straight down. Dad, please. My dad was home from work. Now, he was always physical with us, which obviously isn't right, but I have to tell you, he wasn't a complete monster. This isn't a Hollywood film. But there's more than heroes and villains here. There are gray areas, too. My dad did a lot of good, but there was a lot of bad in him. We can't carry on like this. That day, he crashed into my room and asked what I was doing. Homework, I told him. He took one look at it, and I could tell he was mad. That part about family, Brian? Come on. What's that mean? What? I, I can't hear you. He spoke softly, but did it through clenched teeth. Have we not given you enough, he asked. I could tell he was getting angry. I heard a jet pass over the house and turned to the window to see it. I felt like if I ignored him, he might just leave. Leave and go find Carl or Dennis or, I don't know, anyone but me. I'm not going to do this now. Brian, he shouted. Are you listening to me? I knew what was about to happen. This always happened. Turn around, he said. When I didn't move, he screamed the request at me. I slowly turned. My eyes were fixed to the floor. Look at me, he said. I slowly moved my gaze up from his legs to his torso, then his neck, then to his eyes. They were fixed on me. Then he slowly moved his right hand up in the air and gripped his thumb and forefinger around his right eyeball and pulled it from its socket. It squelched and clicked as it came out. The glass surface caught the sunlight. Come here, he said coldly. Then he leaned closer and whispered, Look into it. Dad, please. He rolled his head slightly so I could see the empty socket. It was wet and shiny and laced with red scar tissue. I closed my own eyes, but it was all I could see. This is a waste of time. When I opened them again, I was sitting on my bed. I must have fainted or forgotten. I don't know. Dad was sitting next to me, his glass eye back in its socket. You shouldn't be so afraid, he said. Now, you rewrite that paper after you've made us dinner. You understand? We can't carry on like this. As he left the room, I felt a rage build up inside of me. It wasn't the first time I'd gotten the old eye trick, and I was sure it wouldn't be the last. But this time, it really got to me. I was just so sick of it all. This is a waste of time. Maybe it was the planes goading me from the sky. Maybe it was how proud I was of my writing in that paper. Or maybe it was just because this was the millionth time he'd ambushed me like that. Whatever it was, I just snapped. I marched past him to the kitchen and grabbed a plate. I took it to my bedroom, dropped my trousers, and took a massive shit on it. Yes, really. You can behave like a child if you want. The full plate was disgusting. I mean, fucking disgusting. It, it was horrible to look at, but I was strangely proud. 
Can you be proud when you've just defecated on a plate? It turns out you can. I carried it into the living room where my dad had installed himself in his chair. I thrust my prize in front of him. Here's your fucking dinner. I waited for him. I wanted him to try to come after me. I would have knocked him out. I could see myself doing it. But he didn't come after me. He just put the plate to the side. He didn't even get up. I think you should go to the bathroom and clean yourself up, he said, again with that cold voice. It was there in the bathroom that he whipped me until I ended up on the floor, crying. It was so bad. It hurt so much. I begged him to take his eye out again and let that be my punishment, but he just kept on whipping me with his belt. To be honest, though, I kind of got off easy that day. Other times, his violence would have a much bigger effect. You know what's funny? Making smile, I felt safe. I felt really safe until I didn't. But despite everything that happened, everything that I told you about, for the longest time I enjoyed smile. I thought it was going to work out great. Looking back, the music seemed to be the most solid thing about it all. It was other band members, other family members, other voices. They were the things that were making the project stall, not the music. That kept coming. The mix is fine. But one day we were working on a song called Vegetables. I liked working on that one. It was fun. I used to sprinkle the console with salt and seasoning before we started just to set the mood. I can hear the mix just fine. I also put out some real vegetables too. There was celery everywhere. I would dip the celery into a jar of salt and crunch down on it while we were doing a take. Paul McCartney even came by one of the sessions and he munched some celery right into the microphone. He enjoyed himself, I think. I'm not sure whatever happened to those tapes, but that was a blast to have a beetle play the, <laughs> the celery. I was in the control room with Chuck Britz, our engineer. We were having a break and he turned to me and said, you know, Brian, I've always wondered why you talk out of the side of your mouth. What? I was a, a bit taken back. I paused for a moment before answering him honestly. It's my right ear, I told him. I, I can't hear anything out of it. I guess over time I've started speaking like that because of my ear. I've got one good ear left, haven't I? Chuck waited a second before asking the next question. I knew he was going to ask it. They always do. How did you lose your hearing? He asked politely. I must have answered him, but I, I don't remember it. I stared at the desk covered in salt, but well, that's not what I saw. I saw my dad. I saw a lead pipe. I saw a lot of things. Now, do you want the truth or something easier? Okay, here's how I lost my hearing in my right ear. I was just a kid, 
playing outside in our neighborhood. There was this kid named Seymour, I think. That was either his first or his last name. I can't remember. He had a lead pipe in his hands. You can behave like a child if you want. The sun was bright, and all I could see was his outline against the endless yellowy-orange glow behind him. Everything from that moment seemed to go in slow motion. Without warning, he raised the pipe up and smashed it into the side of my head. I never knew why. Shock was all I felt. I didn't even realize I'd been hit until the pain was coursing through my bones. The sun was in my eyes. The pain spread from my ear across my head and then to my torso. My knees weakened. I fell to the floor. It was a few days later I realized my hearing was changed forever. It wasn't coming back. My mother eventually took me to the doctor and he said that 95% of the hearing had gone all down to the eighth nerve in my head being severed. Do you know what was strange, though? I spoke to my dad about it. I thought he would tell me to toughen up or go back and teach that kid a lesson, but he didn't. Dad, please. He sat with me. He looked at my ear and asked me how I was doing. Then he told me the weirdest story. He said that when he was younger, his dad, a man called Buddy, took a swing at him with, uh, you guessed it, a lead pipe. It nearly took my dad's ear off. They rushed him to the emergency room and managed to save it. I was shocked. I, I didn't know if it was a joke or if he was taunting me, but when I looked at him, I saw such pain, such sadness within him. I knew it was true. I never felt closer to him in that moment. My old man seemed to shrink pull back the curtain to give me a, a glimpse into something else. Now, do you want the truth or something easier? Here's how I lost the hearing in my right ear. My dad had been drinking. He drank a lot. He was mean when he drank. I was sitting at the family piano, just messing around with the keys, playing something. My dad came in and sat down next to me. He'd been cutting some wood in the yard. He smelled like sweat and booze. What's that, he asked, smiling. What? Just a, a tune I'm making up, I mumbled. It's good, he replied. He seemed so happy, content even. The mix is fine. He really loved music. He asked me to budge over and he played a few notes of Rhapsody in Blue, the Gershwin masterpiece but he hit a bum note a couple bars in. I laughed and pressed the key next to it, completing the sequence. Like this. I smiled up at him, but he turned away from me. He didn't say anything at all. It was like something blocked out the sun, like rain clouds appeared out of nowhere. I could feel the shift within him. Hands up, he said. I immediately took my fingers off the keys and he slammed the piano shut. He left the room in silence. I sat wondering what had just happened. Seconds later, he reappeared with a block of wood, a two by four. And without warning, he swung it around and slammed it into my right ear. Do you think you're better than me? He screamed. You'll have to practice a lot if you want to be anything, because right now, you're nothing. You got that? My brain felt like it was sloshing around in my head. I, I couldn't think straight, I felt dizzy. 
like the world was spinning out of control. I knew some serious damage had been done. I went to the emergency room a week later with my mother and they told me I'd lost the hearing in that ear. My son is a liar. He was born deaf. Nothing made him deaf apart from his own body. He came out like that. My dad was all I could think about in that control room with the salt-covered desk. Chuck smiled at me empathetically. I'm used to seeing that look. I get it more and more as I've gotten older. To be honest, I don't care for it so much. I grabbed the celery in front of me and took a huge bite. I smiled at Chuck. But what I didn't tell him was that the ringing in my right ear had started again. We'll be right back after this word, word, word. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count 
Success is a funny thing. Sometimes you get to the top of the mountain and the view is still the same. Sometimes the end of the rainbow just takes you back to the start. I feel a bit like that sometimes. No matter how successful you get, your problems are still there. Money, recognition, fame. Sure, they all play their role in happiness. I'm not gonna sit here and blast some new age bullshit at you. They can make you happy. But what those things can't do is cure wounds. You have to do that all for yourself. One night at my house in Laurel Canyon, we were having a huge party. It was dark and the pool lights were on. I've always liked how a pool looks at night, the way the light catches the water. It makes it seem magical. It looks so perfect, untouched, clean, peaceful. An atmosphere of calm. That night I was gazing at my pool as LA loomed in the background, its twinkling lights mirroring the night sky. My brother Kyle came up to me and threw his arm around my shoulder. You've done it again, he said. We've done it, I corrected him. Someone across the pool yelled, a second Beach Boys number one single, and everyone cheered. Al came over and joined us, grinning just like Carl. You want to see it again, he asked, holding up a copy of Billboard magazine. I flicked to the page. The Billboard Hot 100. At the top it read, The Beach Boys. Help me, Rhonda. And next to that was a large black one. Dennis smiled at me and said, It was all worth it in the end. My brothers were called away to someone else, and I was left on my own. Was it? I asked myself. Was it worth it? What? You see, Help Me Rhonda was a huge success for us, but it was also the culmination of years of tension. My dad came to that session. He was often present in our recording sessions and pretty much any activity the band was engaged in, even after we dismissed him as our manager. He managed in the same way he parented. He was hard and often cruel. You're not being very kind. He wouldn't let us talk to girls or even drink on tour. He'd fine us $100 if we broke any of his rules. And I remember one tour of Australia, he even changed that fine to $1,000. The day we cut Help Me Rhonda, though, fines and rules all shrank to the size of a pea. All of our frustrations, all of our differences, and our similarities came out in that session. We were cutting the vocals, and I knew from the very second the tape was rolling, it was going to be a long day. Dad turned up and immediately took a place in the control booth that we usually reserve for the producer. A place we usually reserve for me. Can you come out of the studio? I sat next to him as the boys were in the main room. When they finished a take, he jumped up and strolled into the main studio. That wasn't good, he said to Al. No, really, that was a little, you need to be more dooby dooby da. I, I couldn't believe he was singing to Al singing to a man who, let me remind you, was in one of the biggest pop groups of the moment. Al kind of shrugged. Just loosen up and be happy, my dad shouted. We can't carry on like this. That made me laugh, shouting at someone to be happy. We did another take, and when it was finished, I asked Al if we could have one more. Before he could reply, my dad said, that one was fine, well, let's move on. I couldn't believe it. I was in charge. This was my session, my band. This is a waste of time. I shouted on the microphone from the control booth that we were doing another take, immediately. 
Dad came back into the room with me after that, but he didn't stop, which wasn't a surprise. But what was a surprise is that from here on out, he directed most of his anger at everyone else apart from me. Although I suspected he was angry at them in order to get at me. Dad, please. With every take, he found a problem. Mike was flat, Dennis wasn't giving his all, Everyone was getting pissed off. I couldn't stand it anymore, so I went into the main studio to get away from him. I'm not gonna do this now. We were slogging our guts out in the studio, and he was just sitting in the control room, barking into the microphone. After one take, he cried, Okay, so you guys are big stars now, but have you got any guts? You have to fight for success. Mike looked over at me, his face all screwed up. Dad didn't stop. You got no guts, no guts. Come on, let's go. Let's hear you, he yelled again in that domineering, patronizing voice. Hey, I shouted. I've got one good ear left, and your fucking big voice is ruining that. I've got one good ear left, haven't I? He laughed, but I could tell he was shocked. I told him he was embarrassing me. Then I corrected myself. You're just embarrassing, I said. We would like to record under an atmosphere of calm. I'd had enough. I stormed into the control room. I told him we didn't need his help. He ignored me. He grabbed the microphone and kept delivering more direction to Al. I was so angry. I shoved him aside and grabbed the mic and told Al to give us a second. My dad slammed his body into me and yanked the mic back towards him. You need to make records like we used to, he bellowed at me. Okay, you can behave like a child if you want. I leaned my body back and held it there for a second. Do it, I thought to myself. Just fucking do it. I took a deep breath and slammed my entire body weight into him. He flew across the console, toppling over and landing against a chair. He looked up at me all weak and feeble. From the floor, he said, You think just because you've made some money, everything is going to be a hit? We're running out of time. I ignored him and demanded Al to do another take. Out of time. You know what, though? I did think it was going to be a hit. Because it was. A fucking number one hit. There was only one producer credit for Help Me Rhonda, and it was Brian Douglas Wilson. Cedar sinai Medical Center, West Hollywood, 2004. Dr. Emma Samuel examines an x-ray of an ear. She knows something isn't right with her patient, but the x-ray looks fine. She takes a large gulp of coffee from a styrofoam cup. She checks her watch. It's been hours. She's going to have to talk to them. Explain that she just doesn't know what's wrong. She picks up the receiver of a phone on the wall and then just as quickly hangs it back up. She has an idea. She walks quickly to patient room 14, full of hope. She pushes open the door labeled Baby Wilson. She creeps up to a small newborn lying sound asleep in a cot. 
She delicately moves his head to one side and uses her otoscope to take another look in the infant's ears. Nothing. Disappointed again. Moments later, Dr. Samuel is back at the wall clutching the phone, her heart rate increasing. She dials a number from her notes and waits. Just under a mile away, Brian Wilson is sitting by his pool. He watches the calm water as it remains undisturbed by the still West Coast air. Melinda, his wife, is in the house anxiously twisting the cord of their phone around her finger. The Athens Summer Olympics plays on a TV in the background, but no one is paying attention to it. She calls out to Brian. You know, my friend Samantha, she called her little boy Gage. I don't mind that. Brian's eyes are still fixed on the pool. His mouth curls up. My dad's middle name was Gage, he replies. Melinda receives him loud and clear. Names are hard, especially with adoption, she says. I guess we should see him again before we decide. Although, what do you think about... The loud ring of the Wilson home phone interrupts her. She's been waiting for that ring all day. She quickly picks up the receiver. Mrs. Wilson, comes the voice on the other end. This is Dr. Emma Samuel. I'm just calling to give you an update. Melinda cuts her off. Is he okay? The doctor takes a second. This is a tricky situation. If she goes too easy, she could undersell a serious problem later down the line. Too hard and the whole thing will be clouded in fear. We have detected a slight issue with the baby's hearing, Dr. Samuel says. His right ear. I think it's best if you come in like we said. Melinda's mind races and before she knows it, she and Brian are in their Cadillac heading to West Hollywood. As Brian drives, he starts to feel sick. Is that really what the doctor said? Did Melinda hear her right? A slight issue with the baby's hearing? Melinda can barely get the words out to respond. She's sure. At first, Brian doesn't speak, but his mind flashes back. To the lead pipe in the hot Hawthorne sun. His father playing Gershwin on the piano. His right ear starts to ring, and there's sweat on his forehead. I don't understand, he says finally. What is this, a joke? A, a joke from God? Silence. Melinda, he shouts. Melinda responds, tears in her eyes. She knows it's going to be hard for Brian to process, but he's going to have to figure it out. He's going to have to find a way to deal with this. Brian isn't listening. His eyes are fixed on the traffic moving in front of him. And that's when he sees it. That's when he sees him. The man who just passed him at the busy junction and who is now parking his battered T-100 Triumph motorcycle. It looks a lot like Bob Dylan. It's gotta be Dylan. Brian watches him shuffle down the sidewalk, a hoodie obscuring his head despite the LA heat. Brian's mind drifts to a Newsweek article that he still has in his office at home, an issue from 1997. Bob Dylan's words in big red pull quote type, the ones that read, Brian Wilson, that year. I mean, Jesus, he's got to will that to the Smithsonian. And just thinking about those words gives Brian goosebumps on his arms and butterflies in his stomach. That year. That year, he thinks to himself. A few blocks later, Brian and Melinda are rushing into Cedar sinai where Dr. Samuel stands waiting. She's clutching a beige file in her hand and looks relieved. I'm so sorry to rush you down here, she says. Turns out you don't need to come down after all because we've we found the problem. Just some water in the year is all. Not a long-lasting issue we can easily. Melinda cuts the doctor off again, but this time it's because she's hugging her. Dr. Samuel continues to apologize and reassure them, but the Wilsons are lost to relief. Later, in patient room 14, 
Brian is holding his baby boy, and suddenly he has an idea. What do you think about Dylan as a name? He asks Melinda. Her eyes light up. I love it, she says. Brian looks down at Dylan, taking a peek into his ear. It looks brand new, perfect. It reminds him of that still illuminated swimming pool back home. He thinks about the sort of father he'll be to his first son, how he won't repeat the tragedies of the past, how for this young Wilson, Brian will make sure there's no blood on the tracks. Blood on the Tracks is produced by Double Elvis in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's hosted and executive produced by me, Jake Brennan. Also executive produced by Brady Sadler. Zeth Lundy is lead editor and producer. This episode was written by Ben Burrow. Mixing and sound design by Colin Fleming. Additional music and score elements by Ryan Spraker. This season features Chris Anzalone as the voice of Brian Wilson. Sources for this episode are available at DoubleElvis.com on the Blood on the Tracks series page. Follow Double Elvis on Instagram at DoubleElvis and on Twitch at Disgraceland Talks. And you can talk to me, per usual, on Instagram and Twitter at DisgracelandPod. Rock and roll. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.